Let's jump into this word this evening. I'm excited about it. The Indeed Blessing Part 2. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9 and 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the Lord of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And God granted his request. I'm going to read that again, but this time from the New Living Translation. Verse 9. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And here's the key verse. And God granted him his request. And God granted him his request. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We pray that your anointing is with us. It's with us right here in this room. And God, it's with every person that is watching tonight. God, I pray that as your word goes forth, that it would change people's thinking. It would help them to change the way they think, their processes, any strongholds that might grip their mind and keep them in a place of lack or a place of less than. Because we know that in you, God, we have abundance. And I pray that tonight that this indeed blessing would come alive in your people. We trust you, we believe in you, and we thank you for all of your goodness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Indeed Blessing, part two. A statement Pastor Rick made uh, or has made throughout this entire series is this, that blessing is communicated. Blessing comes by way of communication and or revelation. Blessing comes when you come to an awareness of the blessing of God that is in you and on you. When you come to the awareness of the, that kind of blessing, you're able to walk in it and it's able to emanate from your life. And then a step past that or a graduating thought is that blessing comes by way of communication. What are you speaking? Are you speaking a cursed language or are you speaking a blessed language? I want to encourage you, in times like these, I mean, last night we saw the debate, we've seen all the, the mess on Facebook that came from that. I want to ask you a question. You can't control those people. You can't control their thoughts. All they can do is have an impression on you. So my question is to you, are you speaking a blessed language or are you speaking a cursed language? Pray for your country. Say, I bless this country. I thank you, God, that you blessed America. In the same way, do that in your life. Call it blessed and it will be blessed. Start speaking positive language and don't allow the curse language to be part of your vocabulary. Amen? That is a, a signature or a fundamental principle when it comes to the blessing. When it comes to being a blessing, the best way you can be a blessing is through your words. I want to encourage you. Find somebody every single day that you can bless. Amen? Blessing comes um, by way of communication and or revelation. And that's how it comes alive in your life. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, this whole chapter is a chapter about lineage. We learned this on Sunday. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't seen the message or you've only seen it once, you need to go back and watch it again. But 1 Chronicles chapter 4 is, is a chapter on lineage. And it's concerning the lineage of Judah. We know that Judah means praise. And anytime you read about the tribe of Judah or somebody from the tribe of Judah, it's always affiliated with praise as it relates to God. And we learn that 
through all of this that Jabez had to deal with some kind of identity crisis through this because he knew he was from praise, but he was birthed in pain. And there's a dichotomy there. There's a struggle there that comes as a result. I'm, I know I have praise in me, but I'm full of pain. And so the writer goes on, and, and he took time in this lineage, the writer, and some believe that it was Ezra that wrote First Chronicles, um, and so he took time in writing about this lineage to just pause and emphasize Jabez. If you'll read the chapter, you'll see, and so-and-so came from so-and-so, and he was the son of, or he was the brother of, or he was the father of, but when it came to Jabez, he just stopped, and he emphasizes these two scriptures concerning Jabez. Anytime a writer does that in the Word of God, they're doing that so that it'll draw your attention to it because there's a truth there or there's a pause that you need to take there because you need to recognize something in this moment. So he emphasizes Jabez in this moment. And according to theologians, Jabez was a very, very influential man in his day. The reason they believe this is because if you go back to 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 2, I believe it is, you'll find that there's a whole territory, a land, a city that is named Jabez. It was named after him. They believe it was named after him because that's where he dwelt and the influence that he had in that area was so significant that they named this territory or this city in Judah after him. And so this is a story about lineage. So let, let's, let's look at Jabez. We know his name means um, uh, so painful or with sorrow. And his mother named him that because it was with sorrow that she gave birth to him. I, I, uh, that, is not to say that, um, that is not to say that he was pitiful just because his name meant sorrowful. I think sometimes when we learn about uh, characters like this or we learn about people that go through things, um, we take on an image of them that they are poor, pitiful Jabez. He was born in pain, and he went through all this stuff. It, it, it's not to say that he was pitiful. It was to say that that pain that he was born in, he did not allow that to be a limitation that kept him from having a fruitful life. He obviously was influential. He obviously made an impact in the earth, or they wouldn't have named a whole city after him, right? And because, of, and as a matter of fact, if you went on to study, you'd learn that he, he established schools and, uh, for scribes and all, all kind of different things. I, I, I'll leave that with you, but look at it in First Chronicles chapter 2 and, and read some of the commentaries concerning Jabez, and you'll learn a lot about what the theologians thought about him. But the point is this, he did not allow that pain to be a limitation in his life. He allowed it to be a building block or a foundational place to where he could see the transformation of God come alive in his life. All right, so let's look at some principles concerning Jabez. First thing I want you to look at is that Jabez was a man of prayer. Jabez was a man of prayer. This scripture is known as the prayer of Jabez. There are even plenty of books that have been written about this. Bruce Wilkerson wrote the prayer of Jabez, the one that's gone all over the world. And, and we know this, that Jabez was a man of prayer. That is to say that he had a relationship with the Lord. Prayer is not just sitting down and, God, I need this, God, I need that. Prayer is not reserved for when you go through trouble. Prayer or having a prayer life is, is, is growing in a relationship with the Lord. The reason my wife and I are so close and have such a strong relationship is because we've learned that in order to have a strong relationship, you have to have quality communication. Communication is the bedrock of any good relationship. And it, it took us 19 and a half years at this point. 
But we finally are starting to get to a place where we know how to communicate with one another well and understand one another. And as a result, we have a very, very healthy relationship. That's the same thing with the Lord. You have to communicate with him regularly in order to have a strong relationship with him. I want to encourage you. If you don't have a prayer life, start today. Start today. When this, when this broadcast is over, I want you to just take 30 seconds. Bow your head, close your eyes, get along with God, and just say, Lord, I love you. And I thank you that you're good to me. If you'll just do that once a day, that will turn into a prayer life or a conversation or a relationship with God that will fortify and strengthen your life. But that's where it started for Jabez. Jabez was a man of prayer. Now watch this. First Chronicles 4.9 says this, that he cried out to the God of Israel. He didn't cry out to any God. He knew exactly who he was calling on. My allegiance, in other words, he was saying this, my allegiance is to the Lord, is to the God of Israel. My allegiance isn't to uh, whatever's happening in the day. I don't align myself with this, that, or the other unless it's aligned with the kingdom or it's aligned with the Lord. I want to challenge everybody that's watching right now. I want you to challenge yourself. Evaluate what you've aligned your life with. Does it line up? with the principles of the kingdom of God? Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with the God that you serve? Or is it just aligned with an idea that you have or an idea somebody else had? You need to be in line with what the Lord believes, what the Lord declares in Jesus' name. Amen? So he cries out to the God of Israel. This is also really good. It's the God of Israel, the God of blessing. In Genesis, we learn about Jacob, and he leaves his family on one side of the river Jabbok, and he crosses over, and when he does, he sees the angel of the Lord there, and he wrestles with him, and he wrestles with this angel, and he tells him, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go. Finally, the angel blesses him, and he calls his name Israel. He was Jacob the deceiver, but now he's Israel, a prince. And here's where I saw, what I saw in that. When Jabez is crying out to the God of Israel, he's crying out to a God that, first of all, he knows is a blesser. And secondly, he knows that though he may be uh, so painful or the son of sorrow, or that might have been what he was born in, he didn't have to stay that way. That God is so good that if I just stick with him and hold on to him, I know a blessing will come my way. And I think that's how he's praying here. He's praying, God, I might have prayed this prayer a thousand times. As a matter of fact, we don't know how many times he prayed this prayer. But this time, God granted him his request. So he says, God of Israel, will you bless me? And so he says, bless me indeed. And I like what Pastor Rick gave us uh, concerning the indeed blessing. Bless me indeed literally means an absolute blessing. A distinct blessing, a pronounced blessing, a remarkable, incredible, ridiculous, manifold, abundant blessing. I want that kind of blessing in my life. I want to be so blessed. I want to emanate the blessing of God so much that when somebody looks at me, they say, you know what? God has blessed that man. I want blessing to just exude out of my mouth, 
out of my existence, out of my essence. When I walk into a room, I don't want heaviness to fill that room. When I walk into a room, I want the presence of God to walk in there with me. That is what an indeed blessing is. Amen. I want a, an indeed blessing in Jesus' name. All right, so here we go. I'm going to give you four blessings that, that Jabez prayed for that God granted him his request. The first one I'm not really going to expound on too much because the whole message on Sunday that Pastor Rick gave us was all that. And that is the blessing of increase. The blessing of increase. Jabez prayed, enlarge my coast. One of the things Pastor Rick said on Sunday that has just stuck with me all week, and I think it's going to stick with me for a while, is this simple phrase, three words. There is more. I want you to put that in your comments right now. Put that. There is more. I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you've lost, no matter what you've gained, no matter what mountaintop you might be on or valley you might be in, no matter what pain you're going through, no matter where you're at, there is more. There is more for you in Jesus' name. Put that in your comments. There is more. And he said this, don't allow your blessing to become your boundary. Don't allow your blessing to become your boundary. A lot of times God puts a blessing on us. We get a lot. We, we advance. We progress. We move on in life. And we get to a place where we're like, God, you've been good to us. And we rest in that comfortable moment. You know what? There is more. God expects more from you. Amen. There's just not, there's not only more that he's going to bless you with, there's more that he expects of you. Don't allow your blessing to become your boundary. Amen? So that's the blessing of increase. I don't, I don't want to spend much more time there because, man, Sunday was so powerful. And I'm believing that the people of God of Quest and Quest Nation, man, there is more for you. And God is about to enlarge our coast. Amen? So number one is the blessing of increase. The second thing I want to point out here, and this is, this is what we didn't get to on Sunday is the blessing of power and provision. The blessing of power and provision. He prayed this, Lord, let your hand be with me. Let your hand be with me. God's hand represents authority and involvement. Let your hand be involved with me. Let your hand be involved in my life. The word hand in Hebrew in this Scripture literally means a support. Psalm 63 and verse 8, David's, David's writing and he says, God, you uphold me with your right hand. It literally means you keep hold of me or you support me. When I go astray, your hand apprehends me and pulls me back into the place that I'm supposed to be. God, uphold me with your right hand. I thank God for his, his support. Put that in your comments. Let your hand be with me. Let your hand be with me. Let it. God, allow it. God, have grace enough to let, to allow your hand to be with me. His hand represents God's work. Here's, here's what I know. Deuteronomy 2.7 tells us that God has blessed the work of our hands. He has blessed the work of our hands. You know what? I thank God that he has blessed the work of my hands. I've been diligent enough to be talented in some of the areas that I work in. Why? Because God has blessed it. Not because I'm so good, but because God has blessed the work of my hands. My hands might be one thing. Your hands might be one thing. You know what? I love my dad's hands. 
I felt so secure when my dad placed his hand on my head or on my chest or he grabbed me by the hand or he put his arm around me and I felt his hand on my shoulder. There was a security that came from that hand being on me. But here's what I want to tell you. As good as my dad's hands are, as good as my hands are, as good as your hands are, they're not God's hands. They're not God's hands. God's, I remember the song we used to sing when we were kids. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. John 1.3 says that in him, we all things were made through him. And without him, not anything was made that was made. In his, it is his hand that we see at the beginning of time, creating heaven and earth. It is his hand, according to Isaiah 40 and verse 12, that spans the universe, spans the palm of his hand. That's how big the hand of God is. Lord, let your hand be with me. Lord, let your hand be with me. According to Jesus in John 10, 29, that once we are saved, once we confess Jesus as our Savior, we are placed in the hand of God the Father. And once we are in his hand, we can't be snatched up out of it. I want to encourage you. God has you in the palm of his hand. If you confess him as your Lord and Savior, he has got you in his hand. And no devil, no neighbor, no hater can pull you up out of his hand. You are blessed in Jesus' name because you are in God's hand. Amen. Let your hand be with me. It's the hand of, of God that's put on the spray when, when Christ comes to this earth. He used his hands to just display the power of his, of his father in the earth. He was the essence of God's power at work from his hands. And Jesus didn't have them, them real smooth uh, office worker hands. He had calloused hands. He had rough hands because he was a carpenter. And he was always busy doing something with his hands. And so because of it, he had workers' hands. And it was his hands that turned water into wine. It was his hands that caused blind eyes to see. It was his hands that helped lame to walk it was his hands that said suffer the children to come unto me it was his hands at work when they nailed him to a cross to that old rugged cross it was his hands that took those nails and that blood streamed from that covered our sin it was his hands it was his hands lord let your hand be at work with me it is his hands that empower us to walk in our purpose it is his hands with us that allow us to be fruitful in our endeavors. Lord, let your hand be with me. He had this notion, this idea that I can't do it on my own. So, Lord, let your hand be with me. Be with me. What a prayer. Are you praying that? Lord, let your hand be with me. God, I pray that your hand is with me in all that I do so that I can accomplish everything that you have set out for me to do in Jesus name put that in your comments Lord let your hand be with me amen so the first prayer of blessing that he asked for and the first blessing God gave him was a a blessing of increase enlarge my coast the second is a blessing of protection a blessing of power and provision the hand is full of power and full of provision number three the blessing of protection and preservation. The blessing of protection and preservation. Jabez prays this. Lord, keep me from harm that I may be free from pain. 
Keep me from harm that I may be free from pain. The King James Version reads it like this. That evil, keep me, that evil may not grieve me. That it may not grieve me. The word, that, that phrase, grieve me, literally means this. To fabricate me. To form me. To cause me to worry. It's interesting because Jabez didn't pray, Lord, remove the pain from me. He just prayed, keep me in it. And don't let it grieve me. Don't let this pain fabricate who I am. Don't let this pain form me. In other words, it is not going to be the identifying marker of my life. What I went through is not going to be the tag that I'm known as. Because it will not form me. You will form me. God, keep me in this. And don't let it grieve me. The blessing was that he wouldn't have evil in his life. The blessing was that the effects of evil wouldn't be present in his life. Amen? Isn't that powerful? Pastor Rick shared that with me today. It wasn't that he didn't want evil or he was asking God to take evil away from him because evil is a part of life. That's just a part of life. You can't get rid of it. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. But what he prayed is, God, don't let the effects of evil happen in my life don't let the effects of evil be the marker on my life keep me that they may not grieve me watch this evil in the hebrew literally means distress it's stress or anxiety evil is injury something that inhibits our progress evil is calamity or misery uh its effect doesn't leave it's a picture of a, a horrible disaster that happens and the effect of that disaster or that sin or that fault or whatever the case may be stays with you to the point that you can't get rid of it. God, let the effects of it be taken from me in Jesus' name. Romans 7, 21 says this. This is Paul. He said, so I find this work, this law at work within me. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Evil is a part of life. You can't get rid of it. Evil is a part of life. It's a law. It's something that cannot be altered. I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Evil in the Greek here means a troublesome mode of thinking. A troublesome mode of thinking. Evil will always be a part of your life. It's your outlook that will determine the effects of it. It is your outlook that will determine the effects of it. That's the power of Jabez in, in his prayer. He decided, I might be this, but I'm not going to allow the effects of this to dictate where I'm at. He was so bold in all of this that he was willing to call unto God and say, God, I am Jabez, the son of pain, the son of sorrow, and I'm just asking you to bless me anyway right there where you're at i speak the blessing of god over you no matter what you've gone through no matter what you're going through no matter what you've faced no matter what people have said about you you are blessed don't allow your outlook to invite the effects of evil to come alive in your life change your outlook say god you're good and I trust you. And you know what? I might have gone through it, but all things work together for the good of those that are the call, 
according to his purpose. And I love him. And I'm called. And you know what? It'll all work out for my good. It's not a cliche to a blessed man. It's not a cliche to recite Romans 8.28. It's a conviction in the life of a blessed person to say, you know what? All things work for my good. It's the blessing of protection and preservation. Isn't that powerful? God, protect me from that. Keep me from that. And he goes on to pray, keep me. It literally means preserve me. Preserve me. The word preserve uh, um, gives us this implication of um, when you preserve something, when you preserve something, you're keeping it until it's time for use, right? Uh, you're, you're saving it in its original form. You're maintaining uh, the, the integrity of what it is. So when Miss Anita makes all of us jams and, and pickles and all that, she puts it in a preserve jar. I remember going to my grandmother's house in Pennsylvania, and I would go down into the basement. And in the basement, it was the typical northern cellar, and there were all these little wooden shelves that were unfinished, and they were full of like peach preserves and all this different fruit and vegetables that are being preserved down there. The reason they were being preserved is because they were being held for their proper time of use. God preserves us because there's a moment, there's an appointment that he has for us to be used, and therefore he preserves us. Jabez knew that. Jabez knew that where I'm at right now isn't going to be where I'm going to be. Like Pastor Rick said on Sunday, I'm thankful I'm not what I used to be, but I thank God I'm not all that I'm going to be. There is more for us. There is more for me. There is more for you. And you know what? God is preserving us. He is guarding us. He is saving us for that moment. Amen. Who does God preserve? Psalm 31, 23 says, Oh, love the Lord, all you saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. Psalm 37, 28 says this, For the Lord loves judgment and forsakes not his saints. They are preserved forever but the seed of the wicked shall not be cut off psalm 145 and verse 20 says this the lord preserves all of them that love him but all the wicked he will destroy jude 1 says this jude the servant of jesus christ and brother of james to them that are sanctified to them that are sanctified by god the father and preserved in christ jesus and called first chronicles 4 9 he prays this prayer Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And here's, to me, this is the most powerful part of this scripture. And God granted his request. Isn't that powerful? And God grant. I want it to be said of me when I pray to the Lord. And God granted his request. It wasn't his demand. He wasn't proclaiming to God or speaking to God and saying, God, I deserve this. God, bless me. It was a request. He came from a position of humility. God, bless me indeed. He was requesting it. I want to encourage you in your prayer time. Don't demand the Lord to do things for you. He's good. He's real good. But always approach him with humility. It'll change your perspective in life. That's why he prayed the prayer, Lord, let your hand be with me, because he knew I can't do it without you. And so he approaches him with humility, and I believe that is why he received his request. That's why God granted it to him. And the fourth blessing is the blessing of position. 
And it's, the, it's right at the beginning of this, this scripture. His position was this. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. The writer could say that because Jabez had already lived his life. Jabez was well known in the area. Jabez had made his mark on the earth. At the moment he prayed this prayer, maybe that wasn't the case. And because Jabez approached the Lord with humility, God granted him his request. And now it is said of him that he is more honorable than his brothers. He was more abounding and rich and of great renown. He was characterized, this is what honorable means. He was characterized by integrity and a high sense of duty. He came from the Lion of Judah, and it wasn't that his other brothers weren't honorable. It was just that he was more honorable than them. Could it be his humility that caused that? Maybe it was his integrity that caused that. Here's what I want to encourage you. A life of integrity and honor will always result in God's blessing in your life. A life of integrity and honor will always result in the blessing of God being upon your life. It's a fact. It's a guarantee. It's a principle. God has the expectation that his people will represent him well. There's something to be said about integrity. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this last thought. Honor versus respect. Honor. There's, there's a lot of times we confuse the two, but there's a distinct difference between respect and honor. Respect has to do with an attitude of consideration and high regard because somebody maybe holds a, a position or esteem them because of who they are. That's respect. But honor is recognition of importance and value. In other words, there's value associated with it. Isn't that powerful? He created a value system, Jabez, created a value system in his life and because of it, he was recognized as more honorable than his brothers. In other words, it was more than just what he, it was more than, a, it wasn't about a, an achievement for him. It was about the value of what he produced. In other words, it was the value of his contribution. His contribution, his honorable life, his contribution made a difference in his life. Because of it, God granted him his request, and he was blessed. He was blessed with increase. He was blessed with power. He was blessed with provision. He was blessed with protection. He was blessed with preservation. And he was blessed with this position of being more honorable than all of his brothers. Why? Because he, he approached with humility and he, created a re and, and he made a request because he was a man of integrity, a man of honor, a man of high value. Isn't that powerful? Malachi 3, I think we forget this, that if we'll return the tithe and offerings to the Lord, this is the promise associated with the tithe, that if we'll live this, this life of covenant, this life of integrity, if we do these things, they won't just open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. It says, I'll pour you out a blessing. You, your life is a blessing he'll pour out. That's a message for another day. But look what it says. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, and I will make your name great among the nations. That's what he did with Jabez. He was more honorable than all of his brothers. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, 
that you would help us to raise our level of thinking, our level of understanding, come to a revelation of your goodness in our life. God, I pray that we would take the posture and the position of Jabez and come to you humbly asking you, Lord, enlarge our coast, increase us. God, let your hand be with us. Let your hand guard us. Let your hand strengthen us. Help us to produce. It's through your hand that we can do what we've been assigned to do. God, keep us, preserve us, take care of us. God, I pray that you'd help our outlook so that evil, the effects of evil, aren't what tag our life. But God, it is your blessing that is the identifying marker of our life. And finally, through that, allow us it to be said of us that we were honorable, that we served you with great contribution and with great value. We love you, Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.